I need to pray right now. Just, that was just some time of worship as we enter this Christmas season, enter the time of remembering our Savior's birth, remembering uh, the gift that was given for us. And so let me just, let's just take a time to, to just be silent, as if that was a silent night, for us to be silent, and then I'll just, I'll close this in some prayer. Father, thank you for your birth for us. Thank you for sending your own one and only son to the earth to die for our sins, to give us eternal life, to give us the greatest gift ever given. And Father, we thank you for coming to this earth to show us what it means to live for you and what it means to die uh, knowing you. And I pray that this morning we will get to know you better. And that, Father, we will come to understand you clearer. And, Father, we will proclaim you more boldly. In Jesus' name, amen. It's such a privilege today for me to have my parents here. Uh, my mom and dad are here. This is Jerry and Patricia Longcrier. They're here, so we are so, so glad they're here. And I got a bunch of my other family in back there. My uh, oldest son, Zach, is there with his wife and three kids. And then my second son, Brock, is there with his wife and two kids. And then our youngest daughter, you know her, Koei, is back there. So they're back there, I guess, just hanging out and trying to stay quiet. So I'm so glad to, to be with family, and that's what Christmas is about. It's about our f spiritual family, but it's also about our earthly family. So... Talking about Christmas, can you remember a gift that you've been given that was just a great gift? It was a, a memorious gift that somebody gave you. I remember two or three gifts that, that I've gotten from my mom and dad and from my family. I remember my dad gave me my first shotgun. I mean, for me, for a little boy growing up in the country, I get my first shotgun. I remember that my mom and I were out shopping. I don't remember where we were, but there was this, this trinket of a thing, a statue of a thing of a, a football player. And it had number 45. Now, I was in the fourth grade, all right? And I told my mom, I said, I really like that statue of a football player. It had this little boy, and he had a helmet on, and it had 45. It was my number. And I said, Mom, I really like that. Well, that Christmas, guess what I got? I got that little statue of a football player, and on the back of it, it had my name, Wade. I was going to bring that today, but I didn't. It's, in my, it's at my house. I still have that from the fourth grade. I still have that gift. I have those gifts that my parents gave me. Last year, our kids, they got us a real special gift. Um, they, they rented out a coffee shop, and they rented out the coffee shop, and they made all the food. But what was the cool thing is when the coffee shop was closed, we went to the coffee shop that night. They made all the food. They served Terry and me. But we sat around the table, and we just shared memories. That was just a great gift that I will always remember. So we have been given gifts at Christmas and at special occasions. We give and we, we receive gifts. The Magi, the wise men, left on a two-year journey to find the Lord Christ. And when they got there, they bowed down and they worshiped him and they gave him gifts as their act of worship. 
They bowed down and they gave gifts to the Messiah, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They gave gifts to Jesus Christ, who in return became the greatest gift for you and me. Romans 3.23 says to us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that magi found the king, they followed the star to where he was. They bowed down, they opened it. The Bible says that they opened up their gifts and they gave them to this two-year-old boy. They worshiped him. Christ then becomes the greatest gift for you and me. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at several passages today, but turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible, maybe it's on your phone or your iPad or whatever you might have. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul writes to us, and he writes to the Corinthians, he writes something verse starting with verse 6. So if you have your Bibles, verse or chapter 9, verse 6. And this is really cool. Paul says to the Corinthians, he goes, remember this. It's like, okay, stop, listen. Remember this. I want, I want you to take note of what I'm about to say or what I'm writing to you. He says this in verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seeds to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the har harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Paul says, listen, remember this. I'm about to tell you something. What you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And what you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. And he says, and when you give, it's going to result in thanksgiving to God. So we're going to look at some things this morning. We're going to look at the benefits of giving, of sharing. We're going to look at what happens when we don't give of our lives. And then we're going to look at what we are to give. And we're going to look at the greatest gift ever given. So the greatest gift ever given was the gift of Jesus Christ. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. How was the gift given? How was the gift of Christ given? It was given out of love. The Bible says, For God so loved who? The world. And you and I include the world. For God so loved the world. The greatest gift ever given was out of love for you and me. So when we think of the death of Christ, 
We think of his love. We think of his love on the cross for us. While Christ was on the cross, I truly believe he thought about each of us. I think... It doesn't say this, but I think in my mind, in my heart, that God thought about me by name. That on the cross, God thought about you by name. And he is saying, this is my display of love for you. The greatest gift ever given was given out of display of love. It was also given out of joy. The Bible says in Philippians, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Christ endured the cross for the joy that he had in giving up his life for you. How can we see that as a joyous occasion? But God gave up his life for you and me. He gave his most prized possession. He gave his only begotten son. God gave his prized possession his only begotten son. And he gave sacrificially. He gave with a purpose so that we could have everlasting life. God gave so that you and I could have everlasting life. He wanted us to know that he loved us so much that he would die for us. That's the greatest gift ever given. And I think what God wants us to do is he wants us to take the example of Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ's life was given so that we can give in the same manner, so that we can give in the same way, so that we can give. So how are we to give? We are to give willingly. We are to give willingly. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So God wants us to give of a willing heart. He wants us to be able to give of a willing heart. I remember one time I didn't give of a willing heart. So I had this program when I was a youth pastor and we, we, uh, we, would, we called it Coats for the Kingdom. So we would gather all these coats and we would go down under the bridges under I-35 and 635 and we would give away coats. And so all the students would gather all the coats and we would take them down there and we would give them to the homeless. We'd given away all of our things and everybody had something to, to take home or to take with them to stay warm. At the very end, we were about to leave and one guy comes up. We don't have anything for him. And I had a very nice sweater on. It was my, I love my sweater. And the Lord said, give him your sweater. I said, no, I'm not going to give him my sweater. The Lord said, give him your sweater. I said, God, it's my favorite sweater. And as, as the Lord spoke to me, wait, give him your sweater. And so I thought, I need to give him my sweater or God's going to strike me with lightning right here. So I give the guy my sweater. I give him the sweater. He takes it. You know, I, I, I remember what the sweater looks like still today. But I give him my sweater. The next week, I'm at my office, and I go to pull my chair out, and there's a roll of cash about this big. And there is a note, we saw you give your sweater away. Here's a gift for you. You see, God wants us to give with a willing heart. That day I didn't give with a willing heart, but God honored that gift that I gave away. So God wants us to give 
willingly. He also wants us to give generously. One man gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds duly but comes to poverty. God wants us to give generously. He wants us to give willingly. He wants us to give generously. And he wants us to give with the right heart. Listen to this. Um, it says, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. God gives a promise when we give with the right heart. He says, I'm going to bless you. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. That I will bless you. Now, it's not talking just about financial blessing, I believe. It's talking about the blessings that come from God. How, so how are we to give? We are to give willingly, we are to give generously, and we're to give rightly. So what are we to give? What are we to give? We are to give of our lives and our possessions. I have my boys here and I was prompted with a question as I walked over this morning. It was beautiful today, wasn't it? I mean, it's just beautiful out here. And I asked myself this question. Would my family have seen me giving even if I wasn't in ministry? And I really had to probe that this morning. Would my family have seen me giving if I wouldn't have been in ministry? You see, God, the Bible said, God searches our hearts and our minds. Nothing we have belongs to us. Nothing we have belongs to us. Even our life, our own breath, belongs to God. What are we to do with our possessions? We are to honor God with them. God is worthy to be honored. God is worthy of my possessions. God is more valuable than my possessions. And I express my honor to God by giving up my life and my possessions. I am to give as though I'm giving to him. So when I'm giving, I am giving. If I was giving a gift to Brian, I would be as though I'm giving a gift to God. That's what God wants us to do. We are to honor him with our wealth. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. God wants us to give of our possessions. God wants us to give of our all. I have done a lot of funerals in my life in the last 30-something years. And there has never been a U-Haul behind a hearst. There has never been a cargo truck behind a hearst. We don't take anything with us. So we have to realize that what we have on this earth really doesn't belong to us. And what we can do is we can bless others with our lives and with our possessions. So what are we to give? We're to give our lives. We're to give our possessions. But there's some great benefits when we give. The first benefit is you're blessed. 
Now, I'm not talking about financial blessings, okay? This is not a uh, sermon about uh, prosperity gospel, all right? So don't, don't hear this being a prosperity gospel message. But this is a message that God calls us to be cheerful givers at this time of our lives and this time of the season. Proverbs 22, 9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed. The generous themselves, Proverbs 22, 9 says, so the, the psalmist says, when you give, you're going to be blessed. When you're generous, you're going to be blessed. And there is a good return on it. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about the blessing that God gives us. When I see my family, when I see others, when I have the relationships with people, that's where I find that I am blessed. I was speaking to David this morning. I said, how are you doing? He says, better than, better than I deserve. That's being blessed. So we are blessed. Luke 6, 38 says, 6, Luke 6, verse 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. There's a good return on your giving. It's a giving of your time. I, one thing I've, I've realized with all my grandkids back there is that the greatest gift I can give my grandkids is not earthly possessions, but my time. I'll just say this right now. My grandson was up at, we were up at five this morning, all right? We're up, we're up. He's, he and I sleep together. And so what I like to do, the first thing I like to do is pray. And so he said, Dub Dub, they call me Dub Dub. Dub Dub, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. The greatest gift I can give them is my example of walking with Jesus Christ. That's the good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. So when you give, you're blessed. When you give, there's a good reward, a good return on your gift. Another blessing is you're refreshed. Blessing others, the Bible says, he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Don't you like to be around those who lift you up and those that don't tear you down? There's something about it when you're around somebody that's always complaining or always tearing people down. I, I just don't like to be around them, I'll be honest. I want to be around somebody who's lifting me up. I want to be around people who are encouraging I want to be around people who are joyous because what they do is they refresh me. So what I want to do in my life is I want to refresh others so I will be refreshed. So giving away my refreshment to others helps me be refreshed. So giving is not just of things. It's giving of our life. There are benefits. We're blessed. There's a great return. We're refreshed. And get this. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. For God loves a cheerful giver. When you're giving and you're giving cheerfully, you know what God's doing? He's loving you in that moment. He's loving you in that moment. So when you're giving a gift, you're not just giving it to that person. You're giving it to Christ. And God's doing this. He's loving you in that moment. He loves a cheerful giver. So God loves a cheerful giver. And you know what happens when we give? It produces a thankful heart. And through your generosity, it will result 
and thanksgiving to God. Through your generosity, it will result in thanksgiving to God. When we give, we then, something happens in our lives where we become more grateful for the things of God. And we become grateful for who God is in our life. Can you just imagine the Magi now? They go and they, they give the gifts to the king and what they must have felt. And Herod now, Herod says, I, 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 I want to find the king. says, I want to kill the Messiah. I want to kill him. So they don't let him know where he's living. But they give the gifts out of worship to the king. This year as you give your gifts, give as an act of worship to the king. Give as an act of worship to the king. And don't let it just become just another Christmas. Will it be just another Christmas? What are the benefits? The benefits are a blessing. There's a good return on your investment. There is a refreshing. It's pleasing to God, and it creates a thankful heart. Now contrast those with what the Bible says of those who do not give. You lose the blessing. The Bible says, He who gives to the poor will lack nothing, but he who closes his eyes to them receives curses. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. When we choose not to give, we're the ones who lose the blessing of the gift. And when we don't give, when God is prompting us to give, we have the wrong perspective of our own significance. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Those who trust in riches are less likely to give to be generous because the riches have a hold on their life. And without riches, they assume they lose significance. One of the things that I have discovered uh, as a young boy my brother and I had some traps. We would trap raccoons and we would trap possums and we would trap all kinds of stuff. We lived way out in the country, so my brother and I did that. But I've heard a story and I've tried to make sure that it was, it was true and I believe it's true of how you can catch a raccoon. One of the ways you can catch a raccoon is like this. You drill a hole in a, a, in a log. You drill a hole in a log and then you put a nail sideways through the hole. The raccoon will see you put a shiny object at the bottom of the, of the hole. The raccoon will see the shiny object. He will grab the shiny object, make a fist, and then pull out. When he tries to pull his wrist out, his arm out, the nail will get stuck in the, in the raccoon's paw. Now, the raccoon can get out if he wanted to, but he doesn't know how to get out because he won't let go of the silver object. The raccoon will hang on to the silver object. And then he's trapped. Sometimes we are like the raccoon with our own possessions. We hold on to them so tight. 
and they become what trap us in this life. Where God says, just release them to me. So this Christmas, as you give your gifts, don't give the way you've given before. Give with a heart that says, God, I am giving an act as an act of worship to you. I'm giving as an act of worship for what you have done for me. The greatest gift ever given was the gift of Jesus Christ. I was telling some of the guys earlier, we had a uh, ministry at the former church I was at. It was called the Christmas Store. At the Christmas Store, we would serve about 700 families each Christmas. COVID kind of shut that down. And, but before that, for several years, for almost uh, 20 years, we did the Christmas Store. And every year I would share the gospel with the people, but I would share it in a different way. I would share the Christmas story about the birth of Christ, but then I would take a Christmas tree and I would tell them about the Christmas tree. So what do we normally put upon top of a Christmas tree? A star. So what did the wise men do? They followed the what? The star to the birth of Christ. Or we also may put a what? An angel on top of the tree. What did the angels do? They declared that Christ would be born. We normally use an evergreen tree, right? The evergreen represented eternal life, that God offers us eternal life. We put lights around the tree. Jesus is what? Light of the world. At the bottom of the tree, where do we put? Gifts. Jesus was the greatest gift ever given. So maybe when you look at your Christmas tree this year, you'll look at it a little differently. That there was a proclamation to you and me that a Savior would be born. At his feet were laid the gifts. And in turn, he became the greatest gift for you and me. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you became the greatest gift for, for us. And I pray that this year we will give willingly, sacrificially, and with the right heart. But God, that our giving would not just be at this time of the year, but our giving would be throughout the whole year. God, I'm grateful for those who have given to my family and me. I am so grateful for the blessings that you have blessed us with. And Father, help my family and me to give back and to bless others. Father, we thank you for this day. And may, Father, we honor you by worshiping you as we give. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a merry, merry Christmas.